Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners with me, Simon Evans. Joining me tonight, comedic and intellectual titan that is Andrew Doyle. And sitting next to him, we have Josh Howie. Always dissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously somebody hey, in the I mean, I'm a comedian, up. but I'm definitely not an intellectual heavyweight. You don't want to be a titan, do you, when you're doing comedy? To be I don't even know what titan means. People. Well, it, it was somewhere sort of between the gods and, joke, and the I nothing. Just, I didn't you know, know that. Do you know which ones were titans? Yeah, on. yeah, no, I did, I did. Titans. I was just, I was being self-deprecating. No, but yeah, there no. come on, which, name three titans, come on. Um, big Titan. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know from the film titan. Clash of the Titans. I have seen you Clash can... of the Titans. There was, I saw the sequel as it's well. It's not a Clash of Titans. It's an no, it's annoying not. misnamed Is that about film? the Greek it's mythology? It's about gods, yeah. That That's right. Well, you have Medusa against the Kraken. It's Maggie Smith, isn't it? And Laurence Olivier spawning around in the Believe it or not, I didn't know about titans because there's a board game about them. It's got Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. good way to learn again. Yeah, that's right, everything. Right, let's take a look at tomorrow's newspapers. That's what we're here for. We start with the Daily Mail. Uh, minority of babies now born to married couples. Um, the majority of babies born out of wedlock for the first time on record last year. And Ryan Giggs, uh, his case carrying on with a, a thorough besmirching of his reputation. The Daily Telegraph has inflation stealth tax of £30 billion looms. And the photograph there is Serena Williams, who is uh, easing her way out of professional tennis and has had a photo shoot with Vogue to celebrate the fact or possibly to mourn it. Um, we'll be taking a look at that story later. The Guardian has Johnson, new PM certain, to bail out households over cost of living, and there is the countdown on William's retirement again. Financial Times also have Serena on the front page with new powers to override city regulators win Truss's backing, and Carlisle's chief quit after failed request for £300 million pay package over five years. Now the other half lives, eh? The Daily Mirror has uh, Sir Cliff's grief at the loss of his soulmate, that's Olivia Newton-John, and Giggs cheated on me with eight women. Uh, that is former footballer Ryan Giggs being dished by his ex, Kate Greville. The Times has Serena Williams and universities blacklist harmful literature, a big study that they have conducted themselves and released today. We will be taking a look at some of the literature that now comes with a trigger warning, if not... Uh, a, a more severe discouragement, and also lie right to help the medicine go down. Hmm, intriguing. The Daily Star has an extraordinarily uh, disgusting photograph of a man who's fallen asleep in his vest by the look of it, very red alert. They are concerned that the Brits are going to fry in yet another heat wave and yet more about Ryan Giggs. So those are the front pages. Let's have a look at what lies within. So we kick off with uh, Wednesday's Times, and despite the fact that I cannot believe anyone has put on a single radiator in the last two months, 
We have still more alarming news about fuel prices, Andrew. We do. I mean, you'll recall that people were talking about or uh, predicting that the fuel costs would go up to somewhere in the region of 3700 a year mm -hmm. for most families, most uh, households. And now they're saying that it's going to be roughly 700 more than that. So by the time we get to April, they're going to peak at 4400 This is being described as a fresh shock. So this to is consumers. April 2023. That's right. So, yeah, so the, the coldest three months of the year are the three that lead up to that then. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct, okay. yes. Right. So okay. this is all... Now, obviously, um, this just seems to be getting worse. Every time there's a new report regarding this, and it's because Ofgem are allowing the cap to increase at every stage. But they're yep. also, of course, as you remember, I think back in May, they said that they would, uh, they would enable uh, companies to make these changes every three months rather than every six months. The idea yeah. would be that uh, when they made savings, those could be fed out to the consumers more rapidly. But, I mean, the, re the reality is it just seems to mean that the rising prices are going to be brought to people more quickly. That yes. seems to be what's actually happening here. Yeah. And I just think people are going to be in trouble. I mean, this, you know, that's it's, a huge it's amount such of money. a huge amount of money. And that's for the average, I mean, it's obviously slightly I don't know, deceptive, is that the word? It's not, it's not necessarily that helpful because you don't know how big a house that is or how many people live in it. Uh, no, but, but as soon as you're increasing bills uh, by the order of thousands of pounds, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the difference. I mean, so, yeah. so many families are already struggling. Yeah, is, yeah they're basically saying that the, the End Fuel Poverty Coalition is saying that a third of UK households will be in fuel poverty. That's according to how the government wow. defines it. The government's own de definition. Yeah. So do, do we have any idea what that, how that definition works? It's, it's, it's based on the fact that you can't afford to heat the you house can't as afford much to, as I you guess. would like to, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, choose one of the yeah. and people having to choose food or heat. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not just households. I mean, this is businesses. It's the public sector. I mean, this is yeah. going to affect absolutely everything. And, you know, it, I think it does have to spark a conversation uh, about the need for cheap and reliable energy about the need for a new strategy, mm. you know, we've, we've well, got... Well, I mean, we've been having these conversations, but, of course, until about two years ago, all the conversation was about how can we switch to green, wasn't right. it sustainable, mm. how can we save the planet from overheating? Right. And, of course, part of what we're confronting is, you know, a, a shift away from cheap but ultimately environmentally damaging fuels. Right, so maybe there should be a conversation about fracking, which I yes. suppose wasn't particularly popular with the environmentalists. Well, it should, I think. Yeah. And, and certainly about nuclear energy. I mean, we've got, yeah. I, think, what, I think it's seven of eight of the current nuclear reactors are set to be retired by 2030. Yeah. So, you know, we, France sorted this decades ago and they invested yeah. in nuclear energy and now they're reaping the benefits. So yeah. we should, although that's not going to solve things in the short term, we, we have to have the conversation, right? No, well, you, did you see that quote this week, uh, who is it, from uh, someone who basically said, oh, no, if we build a nuclear... Clegg. Yeah, it was Clegg, was yeah. it? Yeah, Clegg. so... Yeah. 2015. Yeah, so yeah. saying, well, what's the point? If we build a nuclear power station, it won't come online until 2021 or two. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, that's the thing, it's... But the problem is it's always this sort of short-term emergency yeah. running to it. Yep. And it, we haven't had a visionary government, it seems like, for a long time who is willing to no. put... To, to think that 20, 30 years ahead of these things, and yeah, now we're reaping the thinking, benefits. They're thinking of the next electoral Absolutely. cycle. That's about it, really. That <laughs> is the way our politics is always organised. And, of course, things like the war don't help, you know, but no. it, they mm -hmm. also provide a scapegoat as well, I suspect, don't they? Allow them to sort of get off the hook when, in reality, they should have been organising something much more systemically robust. Right. Well, we you do. Know? Yeah, I mean, we, we need to assume that there are going to be global conflicts and various things going on around the world that will, uh, you know, damage our energy resources, and we need something Absolutely. in place. Absolutely. Well, let's hope they've been listening. Josh, <laughs> uh, Wednesday's Guardian now, continuing on the fuel price furore. The heir apparent is refusing to bait her hook with promises to uh, to intervene. No, so, yeah, Liz Truss doubles... This is the headline. Liz Truss doubles down on refusal to offer support over rising energy bills. Mm -hmm. This is because in the past she said she's not going to 
actually just give out these handouts. What she's saying is she's going to do tax cuts. Um, that's her sort of priority instead. Yep. So I'm going to call this my misleading headline of the day because she hasn't doubled down on anything. What she didn't do is says, and then later it says, while she has not definitively ruled out another direct help. So she hasn't said, I definitely won't do it, yep. but she's chosen again to talk about the, uh, the reversing, uh, taking out the uh, tax cut, uh, putting in tax cuts. It's different and also, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. And she's also got this idea of uh, suspending the green levies, but, but critics of that saying, well, first of all, that's only going to save people about £150. Right. And second, the tax cuts isn't going to necessarily benefit the people who need it most, people out of work, yeah. pensioners. Now, I read a thing today, I can't sustain it because I read on Twitter, but I can't prove, but it said that 10 million people have savings of less than £100. And it also said that 25%, the 25% poorest, of the poorest people in the country have savings of about £2,000. So if you think the jump here is a huge, yeah. you know, it's really going to have a massive impact. And what we're not seeing from her is, or really Rishi, uh, either, to be fair, is this targeted idea of, like, let's actually help the people who need it most. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, her whole mantra is about uh, economic growth yeah. and cutting yeah. taxes and all of the rest of it, and she says that this will have this broad effect. But you're right. I mean, the things that she suggested, the green levies, uh, the reversal of the national insurance... Uh, this is, I mean, one critic described it as spitting in the wind. And I think that's probably right. It's not going to do anything, is mm. it? But, you know, she's, she's sticking to her, her mantra. Mm. It's interesting to consider, though, what the ramifications of her, you know, uh, direction are going to be for electoral success for the Tories next yeah. time. You've had Dominic Raab. He wrote, apparently, uh, he was right. I mean, no, he's backing Rishi yeah. Sunak. But he, he described this as an electoral suicide note for the Conservatives mm. if they don't face up to this issue. Well, for the Conservatives, one of the big uh, concerns with the Conservatives is keeping old people coming out and voting for them, isn't it? I've got, yeah. absolutely brutal about it. I mean, they have always relied on the pension of vote, and old people are going to feel the cold more. You know, they are. That's, that's, they're not going to be... I mean, it sounds straightforward, but it's old. true. Yeah. It's, it's well, maybe they want to get them cold, so they'll leave the house right. to vote in a nice, warm voting booth. And we see some... Eased into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. sort of get... get, get. But... They have to keep the voting booths hotter than houses, then. They'll have to maintain... <laughs> yeah, them absolutely, yeah, and that's yeah. where it's... That's how it's so get, get them out and voting room. for them. Yeah. It's very conspiratorial. But it could be. But <laughs> Trust, Trust did say, his, she said, what's vitally important at this moment, as you said, is, this is her position, is that we get the economic growth mm. going. But that is true, and that people don't starve or freeze to death. Those they're, are they all... are, they're going into a, a really bad uh, situation now. We've got strikes. Mm. I mean, this is coming up. More news about strikes, inflation. Yeah. E e you know, and this is all, of course, in the aftermath of, of, of COVID. And they have got to try and get the economy going again because otherwise they won't just be able to constantly give out handouts. But mm. it does seem an extraordinary amount of the, of the fuel price increases are just morally... Invincible, yeah. you know, huge amounts of profits, and also fuel prices have gone up. Like I know this is a separate issue, but not entirely separate issue. Fuel prices at the pumps have, have you know, gone up by about fifty percent. Yeah, and that that fuel price is very largely tax. Yeah, and it remains largely tax in this country. So that's been a huge windfall. They talk about windfall tax. Well, that's a windfall to the government. They should turn that around immediately, I would have thought. So I think what you're suggesting there is that, I mean, that, you know, the, the Lib Dem suggestion of an energy furlough scheme will probably yeah. just exacerbate the problem since yeah. it was a furlough scheme that got us into this problem to begin do. with. Andrew, the next story is in Wednesday's Independent. Uh, this one, I have to say, tests my capacity for economic credulity to some extent, but try and explain it to me. Well, I mean, I'm, me. uh, you know, I'm trying to get my head around it because I don't fully understand why this has happened. There's a new trend, hmm. which is called the Great Resignation. Apparently, people over 50s yeah. uh, are... are just 
just not going back to work mm -hmm. after the pandemic. Um, uh, apparently, there was an exodus of around a million people from the workforce since the pandemic. Yep. And this has led, this obviously shrunk the labour market. It's also driven up inflation. And the, this article sort of doesn't really explain why, because I'm trying to work out why it would be uh, that that uh, older employees the, wouldn't want and to also go back why to work. It's, a, they've said that, and then secondly, it's, it's somebody from John Lewis, isn't it? But secondly, yes. they've said that's what's causing inflation because they're being forced to raise the salaries of people to have, keep them in, yes. and that that is forcing up inflation, that's forcing up the but cost. But if they're, if, they're, if they're struggling to hold on to staff, their costs should be going down. They, you might get poorer service, but if, if John Lewis have got, like, 200 people per store and now, and now yeah. a quarter of them have left... Well, and then they're having to pay the 75% that remain a bit more. Well, th those things balance out. Well, also, older people get paid more as yeah. well, so you would have thought there would be a saving there. And also, from what I've seen from a number of people who have left work, a lot of employers are simply filling the gaps with, with existing employers. Yeah. They're not re refilling those but roles. Exactly no. But also, inflation goes high... The yeah. stuff's too expensive to buy, so there's less customers, so you need less people. These things these things do have a way of self-correcting if you give them time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand who these 50-year-old people are who've just thought, well, how oh, can, I'll just retire. How I mean, can they what, afford what, it? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, know, I know we got used to not doing much in the pandemic, but how yeah. can? They, but now we've got to pay bills, right? It might be because they worked at John Lewis, which is famously a yes. great place to work. I, a friend it's of the mine got... successful social. Yeah, a friend of mine got a job there and was, yeah. like, insanely chuffed. They were, like, yeah. I'm sorted for life. So it could be that it's specifically John Lewis workers who are going, I'm in my 50s. I've done pretty good over the last 20 years, and now I'm going to My wife worked for uh, Waitrose, which is obviously part of John yeah. Lewis, for a while uh, in their PR department, and she said a fantastic, you know, uh, treatment of yeah. staff. You know, it is tremendously good. I can't understand why people no, are leaving that. I think the other interesting work. part of this story, though, is what she's talking about, how they're very consciously only giving their employees a 2% uh, yeah. pay increase with a 3% bonus, which is very far away from what other... Uh, industries across the country are saying, like, yeah. everybody else is going, well, it's 9%, so we want 9%. Where well, they're going, speaking no. Of which, we have uh, more strike action now. Uh, postal workers are threatening to walk out. I'm not sure they thought that through, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I also wonder how they got the ballots. Yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the communication, uh, communication Workers Union, CWU, said uh, that they're about 115,000 staff uh, it's going to be the biggest strike of the summer. It's at what's a uh, few interesting things. In ninety-seven percent voted to take action, and that's of a seventy-seven percent turnout. That's quite yeah. a high turnout for yeah. these kind of things. Um, they said that they've only been offered a two percent pay rise. They're saying, and they're saying their bosses. And I think this is true of what you're seeing across the rail industry and whatever. They're going, well, our bosses are raking in billions, and we're getting hardly anything. That is a fair criticism, yeah. arguably, um, and you're seeing it. And, you well, know, it lands anyway, doesn't it? You've got yeah. to say that. It lands. I mean, there was yeah. a fellow from the from the RMT, I think, who did quite a few interviews on the Yeah, TV yeah, he was amazing. Week, and but, everyone yeah. was saying... It's, uh, kind, it's hard kind to of, argue. You know, yeah. But then you could also argue the train drivers earn a ridiculous amount of money anyway. It's like I sort of tend to have this sympathy, you know, yes, teachers should yeah. get more and uh, nurses. And then I sort of, then it gets to train drivers train and drivers, I'm and like... that sitting down. Uh, postal workers, you know, <laughs> yeah. they have to get their calves out in all weathers, it seems. But also it's like the... postal workers is like, is that going to shut down the country in the same way? Like, is the is a strike going to have a people, bigger impact? To be honest, regard the they, the Royal Mail now as almost optional. I think it's it's it, it, I mean it's packaged it's package mm. delivery. Amazon could very easily sort of well, find yeah, a we've way, got, a workaround for mm. that. We've I got suspect, drones now. Yeah, exactly. they're going to be obsolete. And we've got email. And, they, and mainly what they deliver is these... Well, they used to be junk mail, but now it's like junk books, isn't it? You know, yeah. like these catalogues for... for uh, I mean, it might just be so what it's my gonna, wife orders. It's, it's interesting. But the other one... Well, on the other hand, I was thinking that they should buy Hermes, right. make Hermes so terrible, mm. yeah. even more terrible, it's now called Every. Hermes. And that might have been... This is my conspiracy one of the day. Greek gods. Uh, well, there we go. <laughs> and... Uh, and um, 
And they, they make that so so bad that everybody's like, we really need Royal Mail yeah. for competence. And they, that, that's my conspiracy. In the nice way. idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, I think you're probably onto the way these things work. Yeah. It is kind of an inevitability now, isn't it? Because everyone is being hit by the cost of living crisis. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. we've had teachers wanting to strike. We've had mm. barristers wanting to strike. I mean, it's, stand it, ups it, it, cannot strike. No, we can't. We no. can't. We're, we're like the army. We're the only people. Yeah. It's us, stand ups in the army. <laughs> um, Wednesday's Guardian now, Andrew, and America inches just a little closer to civil war. I I mean, well, <laughs> slightly <laughs> catastrophizing, but I mean, goodness me. So this is obviously the, the raid on Donald Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. This is yeah. his private residence. And this is absolutely rocked. I mean, the American media is all over this. This is, uh, this is a major story. Uh, now, uh, the, the thing about this story is... Uh, it's obviously now being politicised and weaponised by both sides of yeah. the aisle with lots of Democrats sort of saying this is a, an excellent thing, we must have, you know, this has to be done. A lot of Republicans now coming out saying they're going to, they, we've even had Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, saying he's going to investigate the Justice Department if his party wins control of the chamber next which year, which they, almost certainly which will. they definitely will. Yeah. So all of this, I mean, look, the, the thing about this, I mean, apparently this, we haven't been told, this article doesn't say why precisely, what exactly they're looking for. Some documents oh, and, that, he, yeah. that he took home no, and, and, they, and they think he, he's kept, but, it, but there's no indication it, why he might have done it. Well, it's, it says, I mean, it says it's still unclear. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit, um, I mean, they're certainly not conveying the details to the public. No. And of course, to get the warrant, they, it would have had to go to the highest uh, levels of yeah. the judiciary. Um, this is really a problem because we know from polling data that the vast majority of Republicans do not trust the FBI. No. And ever since the Russian dossier and all of this stuff that turned out to be not true, mm. you know, people have felt that the FBI has a partisan agenda when it comes, you know, they didn't raid Hillary Clinton after the email scandal. immediately before the election in 2016, they did actually interfere mm. to some extent and, and cast doubt on Hillary's emails thing. They uh, cast doubt, yeah, yeah, but there wasn't a raid. I mean, no, and and no I'm, not, I'm not siding here with anyone. No, what, no. what I'm saying is there is a perception issue when it comes yeah. to this kind of thing, yeah. right? So the perception being that the FBI is now effectively under a Biden administration, even though the White House is saying mm. it didn't know about it's this. It's politicised. That it is politicised. That is the perception, yeah. whether it is or not, is not for me to say. But that is, the, that is the perception. And that perception is really, really dangerous when you have a candidate who is almost certainly running in, yeah. in 2024. And what, they I mean, already what, think they stole the last election from him. I mean, tens of millions of Americans still absolutely they believe do. That, that was a con. And I just think if you're going to do something like this, there just has to be a clear reason for doing so, mm. and that has to be conveyed clearly. They better get the evidence out quickly, yeah. is all I'm going to say, because if it's just a dispute with the National Archives of, of things that should have gone over there, that's yeah. not enough. It it's really isn't. Enough. Well, and they, they went in and they demanded access to a safe, which Trump gave them, and yeah. now Trump has furiously released the story, which suggests that he knows very well they didn't find what they were looking for in right. the safe, and, because and the, otherwise he wouldn't be so quite so bullish on it immediately, would he? And this is going to play well for him. Yeah. Ultimately, absolutely. that's the thing. Go on, Josh. Well, I mean, it's interesting how... I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I think that you are a big supporter of Trump, but, I mean, there are so many passionate supporters of Trump out there, even based in the UK, who sort of mm. see him as this figurehead thing. But there's a lot of other stuff out there that's going on that... Not just this, the investigation into the January 6th riots, but there's also... Um, there's into um, there's investigations that are going on in New York. There's investigations. The prosecutor in, in Atlanta uh, is basically looking into how he pressurized um, the secretary, of, the state secretary of state, uh, during the you know after say look find more votes so that Biden doesn't win this election. That's very... Yeah. That's, that's well, that, note, right? well, that, well, that's ongoing. The D.C. court has just um, of appeals has finally said that they can have access to his uh, tax returns and supposedly there's a lot of speculation as to 
uh, you know, the, the dodginess of that for years. I never, I, I, it's interesting, I could see that some of the things that you go, oh, yeah, some of his ideas are, have worked out or not, but then there's also just a lot of darkness there and not, it doesn't seem like a particularly moral human being and a, a good, <laughs> well, I just say, but all of this. That's all for part oh. one. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans, Andrew Doyle and Josh Howey. So we start this third with Andrew and uh, news from the school lavatory. Oh, what an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> uh, Suella Braveman, the Attorney General, has uh, said or is going to say in a speech mm. uh, that schools that offer gender-neutral lavatory facilities are acting unlawfully and is effectively talking about how if a, a child at a school wants to socially transition their gender, parents need to be informed, which you would have thought was a... A, a no-brainer, yeah. You would have thought so, but apparently there have been a number of schools who have been telling pupils they don't need to inform their parents and effectively keeping that secret from them. So that's, right. that's not good. And also, when it comes to the gender-neutral lavatory situation, uh, schools have been prioritising uh, the uh, declared gender identity of pupils and not considering the feelings of other pupils who have to use those facilities as well, yeah. many of whom probably don't uh, uh, sort of uh, agree with the idea of a gender identity because only a very small minority of people have a gender identity. Yeah. Uh, most people don't have one at all. So, you know, it, it just comes back to this well, you all... Mean, sorry, you, you, they have no identity or they have they have an identity that just goes along with their sex and, and they don't give it much thought? Well, I, I no, I think most people see uh, themselves as either male or female yeah. as being as mundane as being left or right-handed. I don't identify as being right-handed. No, I just no, am. Okay. And yeah. I don't identify as being male. I just am. But I suppose um, if, I, you find the, if you find the wrong person in your view in your lavatory, that is a, an expression of something that's... You could well, say that was a sort of a sudden awakening of your gender... Not gender, sex. Right. And I think that's the point. And I think particularly if you're a young person going through puberty, those things really do yeah. uh, matter in all sorts of ways. And, of course, this has come post the closure of the Tavistock Clinic, the gender paediatric clinic. Yeah. And what this comes down to is there, are now, there is now a growing, burgeoning kind of awareness of the problems of running a society on the basis of gender identity rather than biological sex. Yeah. And um, more and more people are waking up to the problems that this poses. And I think this is and ultimately an important thing. And especially children who yeah, are extraordinarily hugely. fluid and, and uh, if not damn right, capricious, you know, yeah, these kind of notions of who they are from one minute to and, the next. And we know from studies with the, with the Tavistock, and a lot of the whistleblowers of the Tavistock were pointing out, yeah. there are all sorts of reasons why young people can feel uncomfortable with their gender. Some will go on to experience sincere gender dysphoria in later life and will need to transition, the vast majority will be either autistic or gay or struggling with puberty, all these other things mm. that, that tend to, to be resolved through either therapeutic measures, which uh, some activists wanted to ban and started calling it transconversion therapy, which mm. is not what it is at all. No. Um, and, uh, you know, or it'll be resolved through puberty itself. But of course, if activists get their way, that's prevented through uh, hormone blockers. Mm. Josh, you have kids. I mean, how would, how would you feel if you, if you felt that, your, that their school was willing to sort of con connive mm. with them in, behind your back? Absolutely. Well, not to, happy, to contradict what Andrew said. I mean, Andrew doesn't actually know very much about this particular issue. Um, <laughs> but, uh, how dare you? <laughs> no, but what they're actually doing, it's not that they're not, they now have to inform the parents, yeah. is that they have to actually get permission from the parents. And that's right. also a much a, a much better step in the right direction. Yeah. There's a few other things here, but the, one of the things that she's saying is that the head, head teachers, and a lot of the reason why these things have happened is because head teachers haven't had the national guidance because everybody's been asleep at the wheel on this issue. So guess who stepped in? Lobby groups. And of course, they're going to push, which is fair enough, their position. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem of what's happened. And that's why we need like governmental advice because head teachers know need to know now you know if you're a 
boy who identifies as a girl, does that mean you now get to go to a girls' school mm. or whatever? Like these sort of things need to be laid out in law. I think it's, it's interesting that you say, and we'll, we'll move on in just one second. It's interesting you say that this has been, you know, the initiative been taken by the lobby groups, and that's kind of fair mm. enough. I don't think it is fair enough, actually, because the lobby groups were quite explicitly. Oh. Like, incredibly, I mean, it wasn't just like campaigning, it was like, there's no debate, this is not up for discussion. Not, not only that. Is that not, you know, no, no, I mean, Stonewall I, I, I was misrepresenting the law. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm not you saying they're good, I'm just saying they're going to do yeah. what they do, and, yeah. and that's, you know, but and you unfortunately... To, a, in the same way that criminals do what criminals do. Yeah, they, they do, were going to yeah. go into yeah. yeah. So, Josh, the Telegraph now, with the somewhat ironically... <laughs> The Telegraph, given this is a story about the struggles for security and rather more cutting-edge electronic messaging services. Maybe there, there is, like, motivated reasoning from the Telegraph. <laughs> <on that front. laughs> so WhatsApp is going to mirror Snapchat. I don't know if you guys have Snapchat. I love my yeah. son to get the other day. Yeah. And it had, it's got a, a new screenshot blocking feature. So right. the idea is that if you send someone um, something that you don't really want people to know, in, in yeah. Snapchat anyway, it deletes itself after a while or after you've seen it. Whereas... and. But people was taking, you know, screenshots of that. Yeah. Um, and they're going to break... But now, so they're blocking that, or it sends a text or it sends a thing saying, by the way, someone just took that photo, a photo of that. So oh, what you're going to have to do instead is get a second phone, second phone yeah. to take a photo of the... to well, get. you could trace over it with a felt tip. Yeah, exactly, and then you've yeah. got a... <laughs> <laughs> well, the so, whole, that was the whole point of Snapchat. That was the appeal. Yeah, that everything yeah. was ephemeral. Yeah. And you could send the filthiest, obviously, messages and Well, images. I'm assuming First that's what it comes say, down to, The yeah. internet is forever, right? I mean, anything that you've ever said on Twitter, somebody I, I, has I've got it. I've said this before, and I say this time, whatever app you're using, whatever it is, do not write anything that you don't mind the whole world seeing or send a photo yep. or any, and just keep that in for life. Absolutely. Uh, but Although there is also the delicious thrill of, of having a small chat group in which you exchange things that would end everyone's career. <laughs> that was the idea of WhatsApp. You know, people, your messages are encrypted, so you yeah. can joke at work in the way that people yes. used to joke before everything was taken too seriously. Yeah. But even with WhatsApp, I mean, you know, all of these political scandals that come out, it's always a WhatsApp group yeah. of MPs. You know, I don't know why MPs don't just assume, as Josh has said, yeah. that everything they write is being well, published. Yeah. Well, even comedians have to assume that somebody's... Yeah. Surely. But, but, there, but there is a feature that really excites me, which is the one where you can leave a WhatsApp group without the WhatsApp group knowing. <laughs> now, that is something, because I am in so so many parents' WhatsApp groups. <laughs> I'm so excited for this to be implemented. So many groups that got set up during COVID <laughs> yeah. when we all needed the company, but now, oh my yeah, God, yeah. it drags. Andrew, the Times now, and this one seems tailor-made for your preoccupations, free speech, <laughs> censorship and uh, general woke bobbins well, at school yeah, and university. I mean, this one is a study by The Times, and this is uh, they've effectively done this... Uh, they've done 300 freedom of information requests to, to various universities across the country. They've sort of... You know, every now and then we get a story about a trigger warning be, being applied to a book here yeah. and there. Mm. They've just gone all out and sort of checked across the board. Right. And uh, it's pretty damning because it's, it suggests here or says here that there have been more than a 1,000 texts that have had trigger warnings applied to them right. by this investigation. When you say texts, you mean uh, books, not, yeah, not, books. not I mean, we, WhatsApp texts. At, at the, yeah. at the, on my show at the weekend, we talked about uh, a story had broken that one university was applying a trigger warning to Beowulf to say that there might be dis distressing scenes of monsters in this text. You know, we not nearly distressing enough. In no, right. Beowulf, it's quite it's annoyingly tame. But well, yeah. the, but the, but this leads into a, a, a other stories we've had. Ernest Hemingway's Old Man and the Sea, yeah. uh, a, a trigger warning saying there would be scenes of graphic fishing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, there was that, a the fish dies. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. 
pretty early on, and then he's <laughs> yeah, gradually yeah, eaten. But yeah, wow. um, you have um, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's Kidnapped with in, scenes in of kidnapping. Study, and one of the books that came under um, the, the uh, scrutiny and which which students could uh, were, were, were allowed to not read. They it's not banned, but they're allowed to not read it. Is it an autobiography of a slave, an extraordinary yeah. uh, text, which I hadn't heard of, I must admit, but it's obviously something that comes up in, in a certain course. It's not particularly long. It's a, just a, a truthful telling of her experience of being bought and sold in market and taken away from her mother. And, and that's astonishing, isn't it? Because it yeah. means like a text like 12 Years a Slave wouldn't be, uh, or would be, have a warning applied to it's it. Or, or clearly not exploitational. I mean, I, no, no, no. I do understand... I mean, you know, try and, like, reach some kind of re meaningful compromise. I do understand if you... If there are books... I don't know, American Psycho, I felt a bit... I don't know if it's considered literature, but there are scenes in that which mm. are just really stomach-turning, and you do have to question, would it be necessary for somebody to have to read well, that in class? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a... And they it's go an, on and on It's an well. interesting yeah. text. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's relevant in terms of understanding modern American history. But this, this slave thing is nothing no, But you're like right, it's, it's not about uh, exploitation in the way that, say, censorship of Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn is about no. the concerns about a white author addressing issues of slavery. And, yeah. you know, they're talking about taking texts like... I mean, like something like Toni Morrison's Beloved would be taken off in this... Thing. Yeah. But, you know, it goes... It's, it's about whether the students are feeling harmed. That's the phrase. Yeah. You know, they've, they've mentioned here specifically uh, Strindberg's Miss Julie, because there are discussions about suicide, suicide right? Yeah. So then where does that leave Hamlet with the famous to be or not to be speech, which, guess what, is about suicide? You know, I mean, yeah. this, this is Goethe's, kind of ridiculous. Um, first great novel, The Sorrows of Young Werther, was, was thought to have precipitated a, a, um, a, a trend of young men committing suicide. They, they, they were often mm. dressed as young Werther. It was banned in several countries, and, and it was... And the clothing that was associated with him, these kind of like a, a fashion, was bad yes, as but, well. But we now know that we, we've no, done it's not, it's, yeah. it, that it's not true. And, yeah, yeah. And, and the real problem for this now is, is there is no justification for it. So I think universities have to stop applying trigger warnings because it's not censorship. It's not quite the same, but it yep. does suggest. It, it, it feeds into this narrative that words are harmful and they are not. So they just have to stop yeah, doing it. Midsummerized dream. They said it's classist. I mean, <laughs> well, what? it is. Yeah, so what? That's, so that's what you. How, but this is how you learn about these things yeah, by yeah, reading yeah. about them. But yeah, Liz Truss actually came out and said that real life doesn't come with a content warning. And that's right. absolutely right. And it's absolutely not preparing right. people for getting out there. And when you read some of these, just quickly about some of these examples of tutors and, and various lecturers, they're like, someone said that I said biological differences were potentially important and the character wasn't necessarily sexist, said that the teachers shut her down. Someone else said that a lecturer described Israel as the aggressors. And I put, put my hand up and said the situation was more complex. And he started crying. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's a form of emotional blackmail. Yeah, this that is, is a, Sussex terrible. University. Oh, wow. That's that surprise me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wednesday's Mail now. Good news for people who hate the human race and want to see it over and done with. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Britain's baby bust. And I was instantly going to bust and then bust. bust. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A but baby bust, you mean like a breastfeeding? Three, I got there about three yeah. times later. <laughs> um, has, been, has been revealed. They've, there's these time-lapse maps that have shown how... Um, had the decrease in birth rates over the last 10 years. It's been quite a big jump, although there was a small rise last year, interesting, uh, in an uptick in older mothers anyway. Yeah. But, um, the, which is, yeah, 35 to 39-year-olds went up uh, 5%. Under 20-year-olds went down 16%, which seems maybe that's possibly a good thing. Although overall, a lot of people, not a lot, but some scientists and people like Elon Musk are arguing that we've got a big crisis on our hands oh. because in a few years' time, there's not going to be enough young people to be taken care of uh, pensioners and whatnot. So I think, right? I think that's, that's what they're... Oh, that's, it's, abs that's, it's an absolute... Um, it's a, well, I mean, it's a long, much longer-term thing. I mean, mm. they're, they're talking about, the, the you know, the, uh, the pandemic as... Uh, 
has, has lowered it a little bit. But for, for 20 or 30, well, I mean, in, since the invention of the birth control pill, it's been yeah. on the slide. And, and uh, oh, here we go. more and more uh, women are get, getting educated, yeah. having careers, trying to get one in just before last orders. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's... And longer lives, yeah. of course. Yeah. But check, check this out. So Stobby, uh, a cited Lancet uh, study says, in Japan, Spain and Portugal, their population is going to be half what they are now by 2,100. Well, the, 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 not the, the entire, I mean, but it's the, the shape. It used to be called a population pyramid because yeah. it was yeah. that shape. Lots of people at the bottom, fewer people at the top. It's now literally top-heavy well, in they, several European countries. They thought the pandemic might solve it insofar as everyone's back at home and so they won't have much else to do but copulate. But it solved it if they just let it run. Didn't happen, though. Been... No, well, it didn't happen. And it's interesting because people said that they're now... The fears of the, the virus is what stopped people procreating. Yeah. Also, uh, their ability to access medical faculty facilities whilst pregnant. But I actually think the real reason was that people were homeschooling, and I certainly know that after that, I was asleep at 8 o'clock. You think about it twice yeah. as well, having any more of the little bleeders. Anyway, talking of little bleeders, uh, NHS leaflets failing to state the bleeding obvious. This is in the Telegraph. Well, there's so many of these sort of stories, and this latest yeah. one is an, an advice leaflet from NHS Wales, which is using gender-neutral terms. This is a, a leaflet called Bloody Brilliant, which is obviously uh, about menstruation, and uh, it's using the terms people who bleed. Right. When, of course, the less cumbersome phrase would be women. Um, but this is happening again and again. We've even had sanitary products such as Kotex in America referring to menstruators. We've had uh, Tampax in this country talk about people who bleed. And this adds, uh, you know, we, this feeds into all sorts of things we've had. Ovary you know, havers. Ovary havers, people with a cervix. That was CNN, I it's think. It's always women who get described in these weird yeah. reductionist we, terms. We never it? have testicle havers. We no. don't have the people with a prostate. So, I mean... There's no wonder that feminists are convinced that uh, uh, gender ideologues are trying to erase women specifically and that yeah. there's a misogyny at the core of this movement. I mean, certainly, also, bleeders, I'm sorry. Like, it bleed... If I, were, if I were to come up with the most misogynistic phrase I could think of... Well, funny to, enough, as a, I, I mentioned American Psycho. There's a very... I won't even say it. There's a very notorious way of referring to women in that. Right, you well, know, there we go. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. it's pretty akin it is to what exactly we're seeing that, here. So yeah. what I don't understand so is... cervix havers. <laughs> <laughs> I have read that book as well, but I can't recall which bit you mean. Well, but I'll tell you what, we're going into a break now. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans, Andrew Doyle and Josh Howie. We're into the final third. Josh, The Guardian now. When I hear spyware, I think of James Bond's elegant tailoring, possibly a shabby <laughs> trench coat and a pull-down hat, but in fact, it's an app, is it? Well, it's, it's uh, many apps. It's, it's sort of the software that uh, this uh, Canadian cybersecurity expert is giving a, a big talk about it, uh, Ron Debert. He's a political science professor at University of Toronto. Mm. And he's basically saying that they are, it's like they're a wiretap on steroids. Yeah. And uh, there's no formal oversight, and they're the biggest global threat to you know, global rights and democracy. Is, to be clear, is, this, is this like national uh, Well, this is international, security? but he's talking to his to Toronto government. Yeah. The US has actually started taking moves to curtail certain companies, um, which I, they probably found out before that actually happened. So would this include, for instance, everyone now, I think, has a suspicion that their phone is listening to them in order to present adverts to them? That's oh, the I think, no, this is more companies being able to, like, get into your phone and, like, turn on the camera oh, or your wow. laptops and all of these things. Wow. And I believe that was what was used uh, with the Saudi Arabian... Journalists who got murdered, they oh, yeah. saw that they Shoggy, there was yeah. something. I mean, it has been it yeah. has been used. I mean, particularly this uh, Pegasus spyware, which was yeah. developed in Israel, has been used uh, specifically to target journalists. Yes. And it can do exactly what Josh says. It 
It can turn on your camera. Yeah. It can film you without knowing. It can send messages as you without you knowing. Wow. But the problem is it's been infil it's been it's been it's been taken up by all sorts of dodgy groups. Yeah, so, it, absolutely. You know, yeah. so it's not we're not just talking about government well, intelligence. I was seeing a footage a couple of years ago of uh, Zuckerberg had his laptop and he had elastoplast over his camera. So, oh really? Yeah. yeah. So just well, that's put, suspicious, so, isn't it? It's yeah. interesting. But I mean, I mean, a lot of us are worried about these things listening to us, and and um, I mean, I don't think it's true that they're listening, and that's why the advert pops up that you were yeah. just talking about. Apparently, it's because they have such a detailed profile of us yeah. that the, the things are going to appear that that we are naturally going and to also like. And we have and, that kind of conspiracy yeah. theory. We do. Yeah. Constant brain. ads for Viagra. <laughs> 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 but I ha I have a friend, and I know this sounds suspicious, but he genuinely he's a barrister, and he is. Um, I think I remember prosecuted or defended a case in which somebody was being blackmailed by a pornography site, essentially. They'd gone onto YouPorn or whatever, yeah. you know, a porn tube or whatever. Was it, uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know, know what they're called. What is it called? Pornhub, <laughs> Pornhub. Porn Never heard of them. Yeah. And, um, porn and if you go, there are certain sites on there, sort of sites within sites, you go down rabbit holes. Before you know exactly this thing, they had footage of him. Yeah. You know, of, of this of this guy, you know, accessing their site. And That's then they blackmailed him. It's it? horrific. I mean, you might not even be watching anything weird, obviously, if you are watching something weird. Then it's it's worse, but you wouldn't even. I but mean, no man is a hero to his search engine, is it? Do you want to? <laughs> but that's the fear, isn't it? It's not. It's you know. Obviously, intelligence agencies around the world are going to develop this stuff, but yeah. it's whose hands they fall into and how they get used. It is pretty terrifying. It is the mirror now, Andrew, uh, which is the other thing you shouldn't spend too much time looking at. Uh, <laughs> the world's second greatest female tennis player is retiring or, or evolving, yeah. possibly. Serena Williams. Yeah. Well, she's won 23 Grand yeah. Slam titles. She's now saying she's going to retire. She's had this uh, rather beautiful. Uh, photo shoot in in vogue and you yeah. know she's 40 uh she says she wants to spend more time with her family with her daughter mm. fair enough mm. you know i mean Absolutely. she's achieved an awful lot and also she's in a position where you know she's i mean she's i would imagine she's set for life um i don't think but she... it's going to be weird isn't it i mean it's well, not for her fans but it is odd i would imagine if if your life is so intensely concerned and focused on one thing i was speaking one of my guests on my show was mari yamauchi uh the athlete who was talking about you know this particular thing about athletes their their shelf life is short they yeah. they retire young they still one is amazing it is yeah. amazing, you know. So they psychologically have to deal with this thing that they have to find something else to do with their life. Yeah. Whereas most of us keep trudging on into the, the bitter pyramid, end. I mean, like football players, some of them, you know, can become managers, but that is, I suppose, broadly speaking, one in 11, isn't Very it? Very rare. Or com that, you know? commentators. Commentators, or, a handful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting that she's going to miss it because I read Andre Agassi's autobiography, which is br a brilliant book written is by, yes, yeah, written by a brilliant writer who sort of goes through it. So right. it's, it's sort of almost like high art. He's an Armenian, isn't he? I think so, yes, yeah, but obviously America, but raised yeah, America. Yeah. And his dad literally had like a paddle on his hand when he was a baby, yeah. like that. So it was all about his dad's obsession. And actually the whole thing about the book is how much Andre Agassi hates Lowe's tennis yes. and loathed it really? all through his well, life, even when that, he was winning. And the fact that he was bald from an early age and that incredible hairstyle he that's had. Why, that's why I read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely yeah. true. I did not know that. Apparently yeah. it's a great book, though. I have heard it is, a, it is yeah. great, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, King Richard would suggest that Serena's I, background is not dissimilar, but she seems to kind of have integrated... Well, all of them must have great hair. They must yeah. have had pushy no. parents, all of them. It's like the yeah. Michael Jackson story all over again, but but some of them love the game, and it's clear that Serena Williams does. castration. Uh, Josh, a happy, sad follow-up to yesterday's news about the passing of Olivia Newton-John. It turns out Greece and Xanadu, not her most significant legacy, in fact. Well, she's been fighting uh, breast cancer for 30 years, she yeah. um, and that's a long time. And during that time, she started a foundation uh, that has done a lot of good and pushed a lot more awareness of breast cancer, yeah. but also, uh, from what I understand, uh, the uh, use of plant medicines, 
Uh, I think she's quite keen on the marijuana. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, and 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 CBD oil or whatever. But in particular, from my understanding is that she's worked a lot to encourage the development of the science that understands the predisposition to breast cancer through through Mm. the the genetics. And this is like really key, bit like the same way Angelina Jolie had the. Preemptive mastectomy, I think, yeah, double mastectomy. Yeah. So, uh, and that's thirty years is an incredibly long time to have been battling on and off. Absolutely, and they're saying please donate to that foundation um, rather than like sending flowers and and stuff like that. And and Mm -hmm. I think people, it's it's a strange thing when and I like that's someone who's just because Greece, I I think predominantly Greece. Uh, it, it's it's just in your bones when you grow up and you're just watching it. Well, one of the things I love, which kind of integrates the two, and I was reading about this afterwards um, in, in more detail than I managed mm. to yesterday, was that she had an auction where she sold uh, her the, the iconic leather jacket, oh, the and spandex the pants. pants that she wears. Yeah. yeah. The the CEO of Spanx uh, bought the bought the pants, and this was to raise money for the Breast uh, Cancer the, Foundation yeah. for about two hundred thousand. Uh, some anonymous billionaire bought the jacket for nearly half a million dollars. Uh, sorry, yeah, right. half a million dollars. That's right. And, th- and then gave it back to her and said, "Listen, this is, this is not appropriate. That you know, I'm giving the money to charity." Okay. Oh, it was really sweet. And nice then she just sold it again. Uh, yeah, sold exactly. it for a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bless you, Olivia. Andrew, the Telegraph now tackling one of the last great taboos or grey taboos. I don't know. Oh, so that yeah. This is, a, this is a total non-story by The Telegraph, uh, which is about Liam Gallagher. So apparently Liam Gallagher, who I don't follow on Instagram, I don't really know how to use it, he posted a selfie, and because he was standing in the sun, right. it looked quite light, and then people started going on about how he dyed his hair, and he was just saying, no, it's just the sunshine. Well, he said, uh, sunshine. Actually, you know, the you sun. actually, they actually quoted it like that with yeah. the extra eyes, which is quite funny. Right. Um, but really what this is is an opinion piece about how, mm. off the back of that, about how there's a taboo around men don't talk about going grey. I don't think that's true. I no, think they, I, I think they do. And, uh, but also, it is taboo to dye your hair, like, really obviously. I, I saw, I won't mention him, but then I saw a media figure recently. I was at a, a do and he was there. And he's like, he was a DJ, you know, and he was a young man and he was a bit of a sort of, not exactly a sex icon, but a, a man associated with... But, well, he's in his 70s now and his hair is still jet black and you do kind of go, oh, come on. Yeah, but I mean, for a pop star... It's not they, taboo, they, I suppose. They, they, but pop, it, pop stars dye their hair completely different colours all the time and yes, I, I'm really surprised... Was, that was it Gary Glitter? Happened. Yeah. I'm just trying to guess who, oh, well, who <laughs> you were hanging out with. <laughs> it was not Gary no, but Gary... Oh, no, OK. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's also talking about how men don't talk about hair tran- transplant yeah, surgery yeah. and they just do. do. I've been yeah. talking to men about this... I dye my beard. We yeah. talk about that. You look know. great, mate. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, but you did it for a role. But no, you, no, I did it for ego. The other day, convincing uh, quiff on the front. Would you wear? Would you? I would wear one. Yeah, yeah I do. I get, it's yeah. just the fear that it wouldn't be. Wo- it wouldn't work. Yeah, know? I was thinking about getting a wig, like bringing him back into fashion, yeah. or whatever. But like you say, <laughs> it, people, we do talk about this. We yeah. have talked about this, and this is the most annoying kind of article where they sort of say, "This is my fact of the day." The fact remains that in 2022, you could <laughs> choose your pronouns, but a man merely changing his hair color will cause so much consternation. No, no, mate, no. that ain't a fact. No, you know what I mean? a fact. And then he chooses, no, like, as, a, as an example of silver-haired people and how that's a good thing. He says, yeah. oh, we got Silver Surfer. What are you talking hair. about, no, Silver they're, Surfer? They're trying to, they're trying to find... <laughs> he was the <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do the same with women, though. Like, there was this big article the other week about how the menopause is such a taboo. No-one yeah. ever talks about yeah. the menopause. It's like, yes, 
They do. There's a book about. There's a new book about the menopause. Every week in their twenties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But yeah. No. Of course. Absolutely. That's how celebrities write books about the menopause. You know. Well, I mean, I love that thing when they go when people have babies and they go, oh, there's no manual. There are no subject on which there are more manuals than having a baby. It's an extraordinarily well documented. I think it's just it's just journalists trying to find something to. Hilarious. Josh, doggy dating tips now. Also from the Telegraph. I could have sworn this is precisely the opposite advice to what we were announcing. I think this actually makes a lot of sense. So they're basically okay. saying size matters for men using a dog to, win, uh, to, a to win, win a woman's heart. Which, yeah, you would think, oh, I've got a big dog and what is that? It's like a car. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like having, or maybe that's the opposite. But the point is that what they're actually saying is that, um, first of all, seeing someone with a dog is a good thing. Like, yeah. I think it's like you care for yeah. an animal. Reliable. Yeah, yes. reliable. But the idea is that having the big person with a small dog, it, it somehow makes you look safer. Right. And that's, so they're saying, if you want to make women feel secure, uh, and this is from uh, at the University of Jane in, uh, Jane in Spain, recruited 300 women and showed them all these photos, uh, basically be, you know, have a smaller dog. So this is my, I'm calling this my serial killer tip of the day. Yeah. Uh, OK. <laughs> get a small dog serial killers and then you can lure yeah, women into a full sense of security. Yeah. I, I wouldn't buy it. I think of, like, Bill Sykes with his dog, Bullseye. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Then, I don't consider it a, a thing that would... Also, like, it's the Bond villains. Size, oh, though, is cats, it? Some isn't it? small dogs can be really yappy and annoying. They can, Somebody, yeah. Like, I wouldn't... I can't imagine having a bloke having a chihuahua would be very safe. But a dachshund, they're quite cool. Everyone wants to stroke they, a Well, they're really cute, aren't they? They're really so, cute. Are, they, are they suggesting here that... You know, if if a man wants to attract women, he yeah. should have a dog Basically. and walk. Same dog. with babies. Apparently, if you have a baby, that yeah. attracts even small ones. I got. I mean, I walk. Yeah. I walk out. We have a, a golden retriever, and I walk yeah. it in the park, and it is, you know, it is a, such an absurdly effective people matter. Not just you know single women. Everyone, Everyone wants to come up and meet the dog. To, the dog must feel like Jesus, you know. It's like <laughs> I haven't touched the hem of his garment. It's. It's an extraordinarily powerful, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. But then, like you say, what is the point of the article, then? Is it encouraging? It looks like a, a yeah. doggy tip. This is very, very, very yeah, telegraph. Andrew, now the Daily Star, <laughs> and it sounds like AI might finally manage to make my mother-in-law's only cherished, unfulfilled fantasy come true. See, I don't like stories like this. So yeah. apparently AI is being developed. Well, I don't like any stories about AI because I don't trust it, but um, d apparently they're going to be able to let dogs speak to us, mm. um, yeah. apparently to the extent of a one-year-old baby. I don't know if they speak at all, but... They don't speak at all. No, no they don't. Nonsense, okay, yeah. so they're saying that they could interpret, the computers could interpret the emotions of the hound yeah. and, and, and turn that into language, but I don't think they could because dogs just don't see the world in the way that we see no. the world, and I don't understand how no. this could possibly be. It would be a weird approximation of what this computer thinks the dog is feeling. Whereas, and the, the whole, well, not the whole, but a large part of the joy of owning a dog is, is learning a second language, i.e. the yeah, expression yeah. of the dog's face. Dogs are very, very expressive. They don't, they much more, it's like listening to Beethoven Symphony going, could you get an AI that will tell me how I'm supposed to well, it's all, yeah. feel also, about it? Isn't the case that part of our love for the dogs is because we tend to anthropomorphize yes. their behavior? You know, we know if they come up and lick our face, it's probably because yes. there's bits of food, not because they love us. But, you Something. know, but, but, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but we, we, why would we want to ruin it? By communicating with the well, dogs? Well, I don't know, but the South Korean company already has this AI powered dog collar that measures their emotional state. But like you said, surely if you're in tune with dog, you're gonna yeah. know if they're happy or sad anyway. But I, I kind of excited about it because I love Up. 
It's one of my favourite films. That's exactly what that's I thought that's of. That's that's that right. that, yeah. that, is it yeah. Ralph? Uh, anyway, so it'll be quite... Have you yeah. seen it? I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't, the first 20 minutes is proper tearful. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's incredible. It's very, yeah. very... That's before the... Well, they call it the cold Co- open, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'll oh, avoid that. I, don't, I want happy No, films. no, no. I don't want, I don't want depressing it's, films. It's a brilliant, brilliant 20 minutes. It's a masterpiece. But then, yeah, that's right. It goes to a sort of Peruvian plateau. Yeah, and there's... I think it's... Is it Ralph or something? the man has all the... And all these dogs have these... Yeah, and all the dogs can speak. And they've got different types of voices and it's funny. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a very clever film. Uh, the Guardian now, Josh. Uh, Tesla's dark side is revealed in the latest road safety. Yeah. So self-driving technology fails to detect children on the road. And this has repeatedly happened in experiments. And this has kind of been re- revealed as a company... These uh, are the same little mannequins we had yesterday. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. In those cases, you want to run those over because they're so terrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, they're saying... Um, that this this person who sort of put out this study has basically said it, they're a lethal a threat to all Americans. But I'd say, actually, not most of them are massive, so they're safe. I think it's the smaller ones that yeah. are, are slightly. Is it something concerned. about is it something about the immobility of the mannequin? Do you think? I mean, not, not that that should you know it should be. Well, I'm sure maybe they have moving mannequins, or I'm yeah. sure they have something. But I'm obviously the sensors are in the wrong... I'm amazed genuine failure of... Te- I'm not, you know, not big yeah. up Tesla, but, I'm, you know, you would think they would overcome that sort of degree of... It's extraordinary oversight. Yeah. They are yeah. claiming... I, I'm just, again, like, all this yeah. kind of technology, self-driving cars, I'm against it. I, yeah, don't like, I, don't like, I don't like the robot, robots taking over. C- C.S. Lewis saw the whole of this. <laughs> 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 um, what have we got? The Guardian now and the police... Oh. Taking the bar out of Barcelona, is that right? Okay, well, the um, Barcelona Bath- government. Barcelona, please. I'm sorry, I pr- Barcelona. I'm not like you with the accents. <laughs> don't, don't, you know. don't offend me. Is that the, yeah. the, the Andalusia, isn't it, where they do Andalus- that? Do they Andalus- do it yeah. in Catalonia? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, all I, don't know. I heard that the Spanish lisp was de- an affectation which developed because there was a celebrity back in the day in medieval it was period. A king. Was, a king. was that right? One and of the Habsburg chins, you can pronounce his S's properly. And now it's just become a thing. There we go. Same as George III couldn't do his waistcoats up, and that's why nobody has their button on their waistcoat because George. The well, there we go. No, sorry, George IV, the Prince Regent, oh. the fat one, yeah. Well, however we pronounce Barcelona, the, go- the government there is cracking down on these outdoor drinking parties, um, which apparently are not a new thing. They've always been quite uh, popular in Barcelona, um, but since the pandemic... They've got a word, they've got a name for it. They have a word for it, but I won't attempt Bot- it. Botelos or something. Is that right? Botelones. Botelones. Again, you with the accents. But during the pandemic, of course, when you had to go outside for parties, everyone was yeah. doing it and they really exploded mm. in popularity. And now they're having to clamp down and they're sort of saying, we're going to give 600 euro fines. It seems a bit mm. uh, a bit killjoy, doesn't you know, it? It would you be know? a much better way of doing it. They should do it in this country as well. They should massively reduce the duty that pubs are expected to pay on drinks that they sell. We should encourage people back into pubs and bars. Absolutely agree. Every, everyone's biggest shock coming out of lockdown was going into a pub and seeing how much they wanted to charge to make your glass wet with whiskey. And, and it, you can, that's not a measure. How mm. much? This is why people drink at home. This is why they become alcoholics. This is dysfunctional. It'd be much better to nip ch- together anyway. That's all we have time for, my little rant. <laughs> Thank you to my guests, Andrew Doyle and Josh Howie. Headliners will be back tomorrow night with Andrew Doyle, Leo Curse, and Nick Dixon. An absolute pleasure spending this evening with you. I'm off up to Edinburgh tomorrow. And if you're in that part of the world, do come and say hello. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 